the one who is good. Jesus is leaving this town, and there's a man there, and the man hasn't had enough. And so it says Jesus is heading out on a journey, and this man runs up to him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He, he recognizes that he's not content, that he's, he's desiring something, kind of like St. Augustine famously said, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so he sees in Jesus that this man who's, run, who's leaving him, that he's the one who can actually fulfill me. So then Jesus responds to him. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. And so he goes through the commandments about what to do. He's picking up on what the man said. What must I do? Which I think we actually kind of fall into that in our culture, right? Um, what happens if I were to ask you, or if you, were to, if you were to ask your friend, if you were to die today, do you think you'd go to heaven? What's the reply that they would give, right? I, I've heard many a times people say to me, well, I'm a good person. So if you, if you were to die today, what would happen? And the reply is, well, I'm a good person. I mean, I know maybe I don't go to church, I don't believe in God, that's fine, but I'm a good person. What are they saying? I, I don't know if, they, if we know exactly what we're saying, but, but it's kind of saying, well, I, I do good things, and so God, I do good things, so even though I don't know God, I don't really need God, because I do good things. But, but the problem is, I don't save myself, <laughs> you know? Jesus is saying, God is the one who's good. Therefore, we need God. That if goodness comes from me doing things, I don't need God. But if goodness is in God, I will only be content when this person who is goodness is in my life. That Jesus Christ saves people. I can't save myself. And so here's this man who's trying, right? He's like, I've kept the commandments. And so how does Jesus respond to him? He's trying, right? And Jesus looks and responds to him as he does to us. It says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I think the average college student, if we asked, how does God see us? I don't know that we'd say that. I think we're really good at seeing where we lack, where I've fallen short. So if I ask, how does God see you? I don't know. Like he's disappointed in me or something. Like I haven't done what I'm supposed to. But that is not true. That we hear this, that Jesus looks at him. He sees him and loves him. That the truth is, it's not about what we do. That, that even if I, if, I, if I went to church every day and I prayed a rosary every day, that God wouldn't love me more. Because God is 
perfectly content in himself. You know, do I really have that much power over the almighty eternal God to change how he feels? No. And even if I never went to church ever again, would God love me less? No. That God is eternally perfect, content, and good in himself. But the difference is me opening myself to receive and share in that goodness. Does that make sense? I think if you've heard me repeat it over a few weeks, it's because it's important, right? You know, just like the teacher, right? So, um, but there's no test here. So, um, because I think we carry around this guilt of like, I've been a bad person or I haven't done what I needed to. And it's like, well, it's a good thing God's love for you isn't based on what you do. It's not. He invites us to do certain things so that we can share in that goodness. Like, when you, when you tell the truth, it's actually better for you. <laughs> you know, it's better for your relationships, you know? He wants us to share in that goodness. And so, what does he say? He, he, to go, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What, what's wrong with possessions? I mean... It's going to be really hard to complete college if you don't have your laptop, if you don't have your ID to get in where you need to, like your backpack, your bike to get around, apparently in the rain, you know, you need a raincoat too, by the way. Like, like we need things. Are, are things bad? Things are not bad. The problem is that instead of having many possessions, his possessions had him. That, that he has these things, like this is my security. That for many people, money is a great security. And so Jesus is saying, do you trust in me or do you trust in yourself? Are you going to get to heaven because of what you've done or because of me opening the door and letting you in? And so it's an invitation to, do I, do I want the gifts of the Lord or do I want the Lord who gives gifts. And so the, the rich young man is being invited to let go of these lesser goods so that you can fully receive the one who is goodness itself. And so it, it's not necessarily always things too, right? That um, maybe, like I've already kind of hinted, talked about, um, maybe I need to let go of how I think God sees me. Because it's not accurate. That God, when he sees me, he delights in me. That he sees his image and likeness in me. And so we're invited to let go. And so Peter asked Jesus, what about us who have given up everything and followed you? Jesus says, amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. That God, he wants my hands to be free so that he can fill them with more blessings. He wants my hands to be free so that he can take me in a better direction with my life. That if I'm trying to find my happiness in things, 
I will always be lacking. It makes me think I've been, uh, somebody gave me the uh, Greatest Showman CD, right? And so I've been listening to the gospel according to the Greatest Showman. But like, so I, I, I hear it through the Catholic lens, right? And so one of the songs, like Never Enough, right? That, that she says, all the shine of a thousand spotlights. That like, even if I'm honored and given recognition in front of everybody, it's never enough. That all the stars we steal from the night sky, that, that even if all the beauty in the world, that I, if I could somehow grasp it, it's not, even if I, all the towers of gold, if I had all the money in the world, if, it's never going to be enough. Because it wasn't meant to fulfill me. That all the things we, we have in this life, riches and honor and fame, that, that all of that is external Jesus Christ comes to us and he wants to fill us from within. That we hear this in our, our psalm today, Psalm 90. Fill us with your love, O Lord, and we will sing for joy. That we were made to sing. That we were made to be full of joy. And, and if, we, if we are experiencing a lack of joy, if we feel burdened, it's probably because somewhere I'm, I'm holding on to some lie about what makes for happiness. That maybe the lie is I needed that person to be happy. Or I'm supposed to be perfect. Those, those are lies. That is not true. The Lord wants to cut those ties so that we can receive more of his goodness in our lives. And so that's the invitation that Jesus offers to the rich young man and to each one of us, is to, to let go of, of lesser goods that fade in order to receive a greater good from him, which, which is him. I've heard this story before about this father who had his beloved daughter, and... Uh, his little daughter, she had been given this little uh, fake uh, pearl necklace. And the father would go in each night and he would read a story to his daughter. And so one night he comes in and he, he reads the story and then he asks the daughter, he goes, do you love me? And she's like, yeah, of course I love you. And he's like, I want you to give me your necklace. And she's like, no, like you, you know that I love this. Um, why would you want that? What are you going to do with it? He's like, that's okay, you don't have to. The next night he comes in and he reads her another story and he finishes and he asks her the same question, do you love me? And, and she's like a little nervous already. She's like, yes I, yes, I love you, Daddy. And he's like, I want you to give me that necklace. And she's like, no. And she get, gets kind of got worked up and he's like, no, it's okay. You, you don't have to. Um, I love you. He gets her a kiss on the head and walks out. The third night he comes in to, to read her story and she's sitting cross-legged on the edge of the bed with tears coming down her, her face. And as he walks into the room, she holds out her hand and she says, you can have it. And the father reaches over with his left hand and he takes the little fake pearls and he says, honey, you know I love you. And with his other hand, he reaches into his pocket 
and pulls out a real pearl necklace to give to her. You and I have been accustomed to holding on to what we think is the best we can get. But we have a God who's never outdone in generosity, who wants to overwhelm us and give us a hundredfold. That when he sees us, he sees who he created. Just in the garden, when God created Adam and Eve, he called them very good. That for you and I, we are his priceless gem. We are the one that he sees as good that he sees as worth dying for. And he holds nothing back in order to give us the best. And what he wants us to do is to choose of our own free will to let go of what doesn't satisfy in order to receive more of him who is the fullness of satisfaction, the one who offers us meaning and joy and peace, the one who is goodness itself.